0: Star Wars 7x7, episode 3,521. All right, we're going to start digging in a little more deeply into the three episodes of The Bad Batch that were dropped on us on Wednesday as part of the season premiere. Today, we're starting off with our seven takeaway breakdown, trademark, circle, R, all that fun stuff, on Confined, which is the first episode of the season. Punch it. Punch <laughs> it. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voigod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. All right, we're going to start digging into the individual episodes of The Bad Batch that came out on Wednesday, starting with Confined, which is the first episode of the season. We're going to do our standard patented seven takeaway breakdown on this episode, starting out with the idea that hope is really hard to find in this particular episode. We have the daily life of of Omega depicted in this episode. Her life as a prisoner inside the Mount Tantis facility. She has been there, we find out, or at least by the end of the episode we find out that she will have been there for more than five months. She has been looking for some kind of weakness in the system and has been unable to find one. In her brief conversations with Crosshair we find out that he has tried to escape but cannot figure out a way to do it, and so he has utterly given up. And to make matters worse, the evil Dr. Royce Hemlock is using Omega as leverage over Nala to get Nala to do the work he needs her to do, and he's using Crosshair against Omega as leverage to keep her in line. However, for a second takeaway, Omega is working the system as best she can. In particular, she seems to think that Emery Carr is a potential weak point. She's trying to get Emery on her side, saying things like, you know, I've never had a sister before, trying to create that emotional connection that she can maybe make use of to help her escape at some point. And initially, it looks like Omega isn't getting anywhere with Emery when there's a surprise inspection and they find the Tuca doll that Omega has secretly made. Emery says, yeah, we've talked about this before. You're not supposed to have personal items. I'm going to dispose of this for you. But it turns out that she doesn't dispose of it. And then when something bad happens around one of the Lorca hounds, then Emery in a gesture of reconciliation gives the Tuca doll back. Crosshair, meanwhile, tries to warn Omega that not every clone is your friend and you may not be able to trust Emery. And Crosshair himself goes from saying, you know, go away, stop visiting me because you're going to make things worse for the both of us, to eventually giving Omega advice when she's telling him about the injured lurker hound. Crosshair says... Yeah, what is your mission objective? And she says to escape. And then he says, okay, well, then you've got to forget everything else. Forget all these other lost causes and just focus on what you're trying to do. So he goes from telling her to go away to actually coaching her in her efforts, although he still wants no part of it. He says at first to presumably try to help her, you know, make it easier for her to get away that he doesn't wanna go with her, he deserves to be in there, or that if he had the opportunity to escape, he would just leave her behind. And so he's basically trying to say, just go, Like you deserve to be free, don't worry about me and Omega's response to this is no, I'm not leaving without you and none of the clones deserve to be in here you don't deserve to be in here but no, no, none of us deserve to be in here for a third takeaway we'll just briefly flag some information that will eventually become useful since we've already seen the first three episodes but we learned that the Mount Tantis facility in addition to being exceedingly well guarded also has a perimeter around the mountain that's been cleared out they're using the Lurka Hounds for this and they have been trolls out there as well. That means, of course, that there are larger, more dangerous creatures out there, to which A few stormtroopers at the very beginning of the episode get sacrificed. They crash in a place outside the perimeter, and when they call in for help and their screams are being heard over the comms, Royce Hemlock says, yeah, they're outside the perimeter. It's too late. They're dead already. And the fact of the matter is he's probably not wrong, and yet you get here another example of just how utterly cold-blooded this man is. For a fourth takeaway, we'll talk about what Omega's life is like on a daily basis. woken up by Emery Carr. Emery Carr takes her to a lab where a bunch of clones are hanging out in a medical bay. They get blood taken from them. Omega gets blood taken from her, and then Emery gives her all the blood samples and tells her to take them to Nala Se in the lab. She goes, brings the blood samples to Nala Se in the lab, a little bit more on that in a moment, and then she goes down to the pens where they have the lurka hounds that guard the perimeter. She ends up feeding the lurka hounds and taking care of them and also then helping one particular Lurker Hound who gets injured. Batcher is that particular Lurker lurker Hound's name. That's the name she's given it. And that actually answers a question that was posed on social media by Nosher Dalal, who was the voice of Vice Admiral Rampart back in season one and two. He was actually saying uh, on social media, what do you call a member of the Bad Batch? Like, is there a particular word for it? And most people's responses were either funny or just a member of the Bad Batch. But Batcher may be (laughs) the actual answer to that. But swinging back to the work that Omega does with Nala Say, one of the things that Nala Say does in the lab every time is she grabs the blood sample that was taken from Omega and destroys it. And Omega says, "You know why are you doing that?" And Nala Say just says, "Well, it's for your safety. Don't tell anyone about it." And you know, that's all that they have to say about it. Apparently, nobody's been checking to see what's been going on with her blood sample. But the whole thing is related to our fifth takeaway, which is very key. Omega asks Nala Say what they're actually doing there. What kind of and it's not Camino research or Caminoan research. And Nalise says, nope, this is entirely different. That the Empire is trying to recreate a situation where they can successfully transfer what she calls an M count. Then when you hear that, you know they got to be talking about a midichlorian count. So basically, the experiments that they're doing on Mount Tantus have to do with figuring out how to create a successful transfer of midichlorians from one person to another or one clone body to another, and we find out later in the episode that there's been a modicum of success, that there was a severely diminished transfer that happened, and Hemlock says, okay, fine, but we actually have to get to a full transfer, and threatens Nala Say, saying, you better not be slowing down this work. And there's also a first reference to specimens here, so you get the idea that somewhere else in the Mount Tantus space, in a very well-protected place, because there's a vault and there's ray shields and there's all this stuff, that they're getting blood that they are adding to samples of various clone blood, and you would be forgiven if you jumped to the conclusion that it was probably midichlorian-fueled blood that was being added to the clone sample blood. And, yeah, I'm sort of jumping a little bit ahead of where the episodes are, but, yeah, you kind of start developing that suspicion right away. For a sixth thing off flag, there is one line that Royce Hemlock delivers that absolutely has to be a foreshadowing situation where he tells Omega that Actions have consequences and often not in the ways that we imagine they will. I'm paraphrasing, but that's the general idea. And I'm on record as saying that Hemlock has to die by the end of this season and series. And so, yeah, I'm hoping that's a foreshadowing related to what his ultimate fate is. And as a last takeaway, I'll just note the fact that The members of the Bad Batch, Hunter and Wrecker and Echo, and then, you know, other folks like Rex, don't appear in this episode. And initially my reaction was, yeah, okay, so it's funny to start Season 3 of the Bad Batch without the Bad Batch in it, but ultimately, Crosshair is a member of the Bad Batch, or at least he was until Order 66 happened, and then, you know, all the bad things that happened in the aftermath of that, now his imprisonment and his resistance to re-education, as Royce Hemlock takes it, but ultimately... At heart, he is still a member of the Bad Batch and so is Omega for that matter as well. So I needed kind of a little reset in my head to realize like, yeah, this is about the Bad Batch even if the you know typical members that we think about as being the Bad Batch over the last two seasons you know, aren't present in the episode. And speaking of not being present in the episode, I'm actually kind of surprised that Omega didn't say anything to crosshair about Tech and Tech's death in this episode. Although... It's probably, you know, fair to say that we are, I think, what, uh, 20 or so days in? Her 21st day of captivity is the first day that we see in this episode, so she's had three weeks to tell Crosshair about Tech's fate, so yeah, might not necessarily have been appropriate for being in this episode because it probably was already covered. And so that's what I've got for you on my 7 Takeaway Breakdown of Confined, which is the first episode of Season 3 of The Bad Batch. That is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, please, if you haven't done so yet, leave a rating or review on your app of choice. Hit the subscribe or join or follow or like button, as the case may be, and consider sharing this episode with other Star Wars fans that you know who might like to get a daily dose of Star Wars joy in their own lives. And if if you want to help support the creation of this daily dose of Star Wars joy, then I hope you'll consider heading over to patreon.com SW7X7. Even $1 a month can help bring this dose of joy to people all over the world. And so it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode. As always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be.